0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and He wants to bless you. Now, join us as we dive into today's message. Thank you, Sean. Good morning, Abundant Life. You can be seated. Great to be with you in this great house, and uh, great houses don't happen by happenstance. They have great leadership, and I'd love to celebrate and honor your great leaders Bishop Brick, Kathy. Pastor Sean, Aaron, Heather, and all the other great team, give it up for your great, great leadership here in this awesome church. It's an honor to be with you. And uh, if you don't know, um, in Australia, they call me Pastor Mark. Uh, here in, in America, it's Pastor Mark. All right, and I'm good now with both sets of that. It used to worry me at first, you You're know, Mark, Mark, Mark. I sound like a dog with a hair lip. But anyway, I'm good with it. Um, Either is good right now, but we're so glad to be with you. And uh, I pray that God's got uh, something supernatural for you this morning. And uh, I, I when I preach, you know, my whole plan of preaching is not just to give you some information. I, I pray that when I speak that the, the Spirit of God takes the words that I have and doesn't just place them in your head, but does something in your heart. And uh, it's not about head change, it's about a heart change this morning. And I want the very best for you. God's plan. Uh, for our planet, our generation is the local church, and uh, I, I don't know—I I don't know about you—but the last few years has been like waking up in a bad Netflix series. Every day, I can't believe this is happening, and uh, and I, I am convinced over this time that God's got something very special for the church to do and be. Can I tell you today, church? It's time for the church to come out of the closet everybody else has. Everybody's come out, and we got to come out in two and be. Because I, I, we well, I look at technology and science and education and politics, and I look at them all and I say, as smart as we are, I want to tell you the answer for our generation is not science or politics or education. It's Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. That's how you deal with mankind's problems right there. So uh, I'm gonna speak to that today. Uh, a Couple of things, I, I do have a new book uh, out, it's called Expanded Leadership. Expanded, le- I, am, I am bilingual, I can speak Australian and American. Y'all. All right, so y'all. Uh, my new book's out, Expanded Leadership. Once you're a believer, you're now a leader. You can't help it, it might be lead one person, two people, 10 people, 100 people, doesn't matter. You're now a leader of some description. And this book will help you be a leader, not just for those that you lead are responsible for, but man, how to lead the people around you, how to re- lead your peers, how to lead your husband, your wife, uh, the people around you. Uh, also, another chapter is how to lead your boss. There's a thought, just to get it right there. All right, how how to lead your boss and not be in rebellion? It's, it's a great chapter on that, and uh, and so that would help. And also, the most important chapter in the book is how to lead yourself. And if you can't lead yourself, you're flat out leading anybody else. So grab that book on the way out. And also, we've got our latest uh, City Point worship CD available. It's called Behold. And uh, again, who, who owns a CD player? Eight of us. Um, all right. and So. If you don't own a CD player, you can get this on iTunes and Spotify and all those sort of things as well. But if you've got a CD player, we've got them outside for you, all right? Uh, You can grab one of those on the way out. If you get the book and the CD, it's a deal. You get some sort of price discount there. Um, But the the album does come with a warning. uh, Do not play in motor vehicle. Uh, If you play this in your car, uh, if you put a praise song on, you will get excited, you will speed and get a ticket. If you put a worship song on, your eyes will close, your hands will leave the wheel, and you will crash, all right? So do not play it in your motor vehicle, all right? Comes with a warning, I'm telling you that. I've, I've been, I had a guy come to me just recently, Pastor Mark, I didn't listen. I said, what? He said, I got a ticket. I said, I told you. You got a ticket, I told you. All right, today, um, I, I pray that you want to be better than you are right now. Does anybody want to be poorer this year, stupider? Usually you get one or two hands go up and I say, Well, you're on your way. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think there's something innate in all of us to be more than we are right now. And that was God's plan for us. We've not finished our race yet. Uh, we've got a call of God. So I, I want to speak to you today about positioning for influence. Positioning for influence. You know, as I, I look across the body of Christ, God does not have favorites. He doesn't, he doesn't like somebody else better than you. He doesn't go, hey, you're awesome. am gonna bless you. You not a chance. He, he doesn't see us through those eyes. So if we're not seeing the blessing of God or the influence of God that we feel, the Bible speaks about in our lives, it's not because He doesn't like you. Maybe we just got to look at our position, because positioning in life is everything. In real estate, you know that location, location, location. In business, in sport, position is everything. Battles, wars, position is everything, and it's the same in the spiritual realm. Sometimes we to get the best out of God, we just got to adjust our position. You know, like like a good quarterback, he's waiting for somebody to get in. He's not going to give it to somebody that's out of position. And it's almost like to me, his guys like this quarterback in heaven. He's got blessing, he's got healing, he's got abundance, and his call to you and I is: Will somebody get open? Will somebody get in position? I want to. I got something for you today. And I want to speak to that today about how we just adjust ourselves. and Because the truth is, our spiritual positioning determines our outcomes and our victories. It's there that we find the best of God. And if that be the case, why not determine to position yourself in the right place? Right in the middle of favor, blessing, advancement, having God's love and power flowing in us and through us. That there's no doubt That God is alive in us and is fiercely interested in humankind. That's the plan of the church. That's why we're here. It's It's not about just getting to heaven. And being saved is about getting to heaven. But once you're saved, the goal is no longer to get to heaven. There's no choice. Dead Christians go to heaven. There's no option in that. So once you're a believer, the goal is no longer to get to heaven. Listen to this. The goal is to get heaven to earth. Jesus said, pray like this, my kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. The reason we exist is not just to get to heaven, it's to get heaven to earth. And the more of heaven we get to earth, the more of earth we're going to see go to heaven. That's why positioning is so important. It's not just about me being blessed, it's about what God wants to do. David, back in the Old Testament, left home a shepherd boy. He returned home a giant killer and a future king. He positioned himself to save his generation from their enemies. There is power in being positioned in the right place. So today, I want to look at some principles I've learned, all right, over the years of being a believer and a leader of how I get myself back in the right position to receive what God has for me and to outwork what God's called me to do. You ready for this? I've come a long way. Is somebody happy to hear this? All right. Number one, you need a spirit of flexibility. Consistency is very important. Consistency in your values, your belief system, your family, uh, your marriage, with church life, uh, your spiritual distance. Consistency is so important. But not to the extent that anything new or different throws your world into chaos. We've got to keep flexible in our spirit world. Not so stuck that when God speaks or the church moves in a different direction, we we can't cope with that. I know sometimes for believers that have been believers a long time, they lose that spirit of flexibility, and then the church adjusts its mission, and they they, they they're, they're thrown by it. As I know as you get older, if you don't keep moving, you lose your flexibility. You know, and you know if you get older because you know you know what happens is when you go down to tie your shoes up, you think, well, what else can I do while I'm down there? <laughs> I'm here. You know, in other words, we, we, we don't keep moving, we lose. And, and I want to tell you, the worst thing for a believer to have happen in their soul is that they get so stuck that when God speaks, they can't move. Because we've always done it like this. Your view never changes unless you move in a different direction. You know, you know what husky packs are? Those dogs in Alaska that, you know, call, move the sleds? You know, they mush, and they're all tied together. And there's a dog out the front, and then there's a couple of dogs, and they're all, you know what? I know this, that the second or third dog in that pack, the view never changes. <laughs> Every morning, oh dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. You don't want to live a life where the view never changes. You've got to keep that spirit of flexibility inside of our hearts alive so we don't find ourselves resisting God's new thing. Our tendency is to stay still. God's tendency is to be a move. It's to move. It's to keep going. It's going to be a change happening. He's going to speak to us. And it's no, it's no good saying, God, speak to me. And when he does, he says, and you say, no, not about that. No, no not about that. No, we've got to have a spirit of flexibility. In the book of Luke, chapter 5, Verses 4 through 6, it's the story of Peter, who had been out fishing all night, caught absolutely nothing. Who else fishes like that? Bunch of you? Got nothing. All night, nothing. Jesus turns up in the morning. Now Peter's tired. He, he's upset. There's no harvest. He's not happy. He's mending his nets. And Jesus is all smiling and walks up and says, Peter, I Let's, let's go fishing. I want to go fishing. I, I don't know you know what Peter's inside response was, like, yeah, hey, preacher. I've been out all night. There's nothing out there. Now, that could have been his hard attitude. But what I know about Peter was that he had a spirit of flexibility. And he didn't go, you know, it's no good. It doesn't work. We've tried that. It didn't happen last time. He says these words to Jesus, at your word, let it be. You don't say that unless you have a spirit of flexibility. He is tired, he is broken, he is upset, but when the word of the Lord comes to him, he has enough flexibility left in his life to go, at your word, let it be. They jump in that boat, they go back out in that sea out there and Jesus tells them where to throw in the nets and I don't know if Peter was excited or whatever, but he did what Jesus said. And the funniest thing happened. Jesus looked at the ocean, he spoke a word, and every fish... And a two-mile two radius turned and aimed for one little boat. And in one accord, they chanted, let's die for Jesus. <laughs> and a huge harvest took place because one man had a spirit of Flexibility. In this new season, as we move out of COVID into the new days ahead and new things that are happening, God's going to speak to us different about how things happened before COVID. And we've got to be flexible enough in our spirit to move with what God wants to do right here, right now. See, pride is resistance to what God wants to do. That's what pride is. And God resists the Proud, but it gives grace to the humble, those that are flexible enough to move with what the Spirit of God wants to do right now. Number one, keep that spirit of flexibility around your life. Number two, make sure you have the courage to seize your moments. Courage to seize your moments. The opportunity of a lifetime only lasts the lifetime of the opportunity. The opportunity of a lifetime, it only lasts the lifetime of of the opportunity. And the opportunity you and I get is our life. This is it. Doesn't matter when you go to glory, this is your shot at life. You don't get a second chance at this. You, don't, you know, some people do their Christianity like, you know what, when I come back, I'm gonna cut loose for Jesus. There's no coming back. You're not Rocky Sylvester Stallone. You don't have Rocky 5, 7, son of Rocky, granddaughter of Rocky. You get one shot. This is it. This is your shot. Every every opportunity only has a moment, it lasts a certain time. You know, you're not the Jaws sequels. Man, Jaws one, two, three, the new Jaws movie that's coming out, the shark is so old, they're calling the movie Gummy. (laughs) He's not gonna chase you. He's gonna sit on the bottom. If you stand on him, he's gonna suck you to death. You, You don't, You don't get a shot, a second shot like that. This is it. And unfortunately, as I see, too many people are avoiding the risk and the challenges and the call of God in their life because it gets a little scary, a bit harder, and they want to get to the end of their life and die safely. Our our call is not to die safely. Our call is to do something while we're alive. There's nowhere in the Bible it says to live your life by security. Doesn't say that, or fear. It says live your life by faith. And faith is always a risk, and it takes courage to have faith. Let's have courage to seize our moments. Don't go to the grave without giving it your best shot. Book of James says the doer is blessed. Not the intender, not the wanna, not the gunner, not the prayer. The doer of those are blessed. One of the saddest, um, Pieces of the Bible is in Acts 26, verse 28. And um, Paul is arrested, the apostle, and he's brought before the court. And King Agrippa is residing. And uh, Paul uses his time to preach the gospel to the king. And at the end of it, King Agrippa says this. And I think it's the saddest statement in the Bible. He said, he said Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. You almost persuade me. And I think that's the saddest statement that we can have in our hearts is, you know, that preacher, he almost persuaded me. You know, God, you almost persuaded me. Now, we need to have the courage to seize our moments, because there is a plan of God in a very powerful way that wants to use our courage, our faith, to make somebody's life difference. In contrast, I go to the book of Luke, chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. You all got straight and okay? Do I need to... Swing to American at the moment. He said, yeah, close, y'all. Okay, The book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 18 through 20, y'all. <laughs> and it's about four young men that had a paralyzed friend. And um, he'd been paralyzed since birth. He couldn't walk. And they'd heard that there was this um, miracle, this man, a healer come into their town. His name was Jesus. And they decided maybe this was their best shot to get their young friend healed so he could walk and be, live a normal life. And so they, they they put him on a stretcher, and the Bible says they picked him up, and they, they, they took him to the place where Jesus was speaking, and apparently it was packed out. Was, the crowds were so big, no one could get inside. I, I'm trying to, th- I think it was called Abundant Life. I, I think that's what it was called. Um, and um, and they couldn't get in, so you've got—they've got a decision to make. Well, so, man, we—we we try. It. You know, like, we're sorry, we we can't get in the path. We can't get in. But you know what courage does? It sees its moments. You know, I've got a, I get this strange thing about God. He doesn't mind us little being a little bit rebellious sometimes. There's this sense of He doesn't mind if you push the limits if it's in faith. And they just didn't say, the security said, no, no, can't come in, man. Sorry, we're out of room. I said, yeah, okay. And they said, you know what, let's let's do something a little, a little mischievous now. We need our friend. We need, courage seizes its moments. So they picked up their friend. They snuck through security around the back of the building. They went to the roof, the Bible says. Jesus is preaching to the crowds. He looks up and the roof's starting to fall in. Obviously, you know. You know if something's gone wrong in the church, it's the youth group's fault. <laughs> it doesn't matter what breaks, it's always a youth that rotten youth group. It's always the youth group. So they've got these young people breaking the ceiling down in the middle of the meeting, and you know, and, and you've got to look at Jesus' response here. It's important. Because he doesn't go, hey, you kids, get off the roof. He looked at them and said, Your faith just got your friend healed. Sometimes you got to step out of the boat a little bit to see a miracle take place. you got to push the limits. You, you, know, you can be a little rebellious. Jesus doesn't have any problem with a little bit of rebellion if it moves in faith like that. And I love that story. Your, friends, your faith got your friend healed. You see, opportunity plus courage equals blessing. Say it again. Opportunity plus courage equals blessing. Third thing that I've learned over the years is to have an expectant attitude. Have an expectant attitude, all right? Expect favor. Expect breakthrough. Expect blessing. Uh, You've got no idea how powerful expectancy is. Expectancy is like a magnet. Whatever you expect long enough turns up, good or bad. I've heard lots of people say, well, that, that always happens to me. Why? They expect it to happen to them. You know, I knew that would happen. Why? Because they expect those things to happen. I love it that we live in a place with God that at any moment in my day, I can walk out of the natural and into the supernatural power of God. That I expect God to move on my behalf today. I expect God to do something crazy for me today. I expect Him to turn up and show off for me today. I expect that every day that I get up in my life. That my God is well able. He's not God of the possible. He's the God of the impossible. He's not God of the, man, he's not God of little. He's God of much. He's not El Cheapo. He's El Shaddai. You see? you got to expect it. I'll tell you how expectancy works in a natural sort of illustration. When I go to a shopping mall or a movie theater or something, I expect a really good parking spot. Now, we're right up close. Now, if you're going to the gym, you don't need one up close. Because you're going to the gym. But I, when I'm just going, I expect. You know what expectancy does? It positions you. Because if you expect a good parking spot up close, you know what you do? You drive down and have a look. And people that don't expect, they all go, yeah, there'll be nothing down there. That's why there's always spots down there. So expectancy positions you. And it's the same in the spirit world. If you expect God to turn up, you will do things and take you to a position to receive what God has for you. Expect God to show up this week, today, every day. That's just how you get out of bed. God is with me. I'm his son. You're his daughter. He is with me today. Expectancy is like a magnet. It positions you to receive from God. Acts chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. i won't go into it right now. Scripture's on expectancy. Acts 3, verses 4 through 6. Acts 4, 29 through 31. Expectancy. This one is really important. This is, you know, are we, are we Spirit-filled believers here today? Well, you need to hear this because I want to remind you of something. Let's get good at being led by the Holy Spirit since he knows all things, then it only makes sense that we should listen to him because he knows more than we do. And what I'm saying to you today is, don't just have the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit. The question you've got to ask yourself continually as a believer, is the Holy Spirit your captain or your cabin boy? Do you just call him when you need something? See, you a cabin boy. I need help. I need this. I need that. You just call upon him like you're doing a genie. You, know, you pick up the Bible, rub it three times in Jesus' name. Group hug, group hug. No, no, no. Did you know the words abracadabra in ancient Aramaic actually mean Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Even the magicians are stealing our stuff. People have stolen our rainbow. <laughs> Just, everybody's stealing our stuff. The magician's stealing abracadabra. But Jesus is not a genie. The Holy Spirit's not a genie. It's not to be our cabin boy. He's to be our captain. That means we gotta, we got to spend time fine-tuning our spiritual being to be able to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Can I tell you today, the best way of hearing what God is about to say to you is know what the Word of God says. The reason Christians are confused in this day and age is because they do not want, know what the Bible says. That Bible, whether it's on a book or a tablet or a phone, that book, the Bible, was never intended to stay on those pages it was always intended to be written on the tablets of the human heart. And if you want to hear the Spirit of God, you've got to know what the Word of God says. Otherwise, you're getting the wrong filter. You're getting this coming through the wrong lens. But when you want to know what God says, you're not confused. And then you can hear the Spirit of God properly. God is trying to say things to you all of the time. We've got to make sure we don't take it for granted, and we get good. We've got to practice hearing the Spirit of God so we know what He's saying to us. I was um, snowboarding a number of years, a few years back. I, um, and I was in Australia. And, and I remember we were sitting on the left. There was a friend of mine and my youth pastor. Uh, and We were going to the top of the mountain on the left. There's a lift over here, isn't it? That's right. That's the right word, lift. And, um, and uh, as we're going up, we saw these two skiers coming down the mountain. One was directly behind the other one. And they were going really fast. And the guy at the back is yelling at the guy in the front going, left, straight, straight, left, right, right, right. And the guy in front's just just following instructions. And my youth pastor gets caught up in the emotion of it all and starts to yell back out, left, right, left, left, having a good time. And then we get to the top. We had no idea what was going on. It was probably about half an hour later. We were at the top of the mountain. We come off the lift and those same two guys were in front of us. And They were going slow now, but the guy at the back was still yelling or talking to the guy at the front, and he'd go straight, straight, left, left, straight. And as we slid past them, we looked back, and and the guy at the front had a sign on his jacket that said, Blind Skier. This guy is totally blind, flying down a mountain, listening to one voice. I want you to hear this. And, and, and I had my youth pastor yelling instructions out to him on the way down, but he would blocked out every other voice and he'd fine-tuned his ears to one voice. There is somebody here today, you need to stop listening to the other voices in your head about who you are and who you're not, what you can do, what you cannot do, who God is, who God is not. You want to block those voices out and start to listen to the one voice so He can get you through the twists and turns of life and get you successfully to the missions accomplished at the other end. Don't just have the Holy Spirit. No, no. Take time. Spend time to get good at hearing the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, it's a story of a man we don't hear much about, but his name is Ananias. One thing we know about Ananias, he could hear what the Spirit of God was saying. The Spirit of God spoke to him and said, you know what? There's a man who's blind, he's in a house in a certain street, and I want you to go to him. Number one, he could hear the Spirit of God. Number two, he had a spirit of flexibility that when God spoke, he didn't go, you know, I'm busy right now, sorry. He said, all right, Lord. I'll go to that house. And if you don't know the story, he walks in there. There is Saul who becomes Paul. He is blind. This man prays for him. Saul receives his sight. He gets born again by the Spirit of God, filled with the Spirit, and changes the world as we know it. All because one man called Ananias didn't have the Holy Spirit as his cabin boy, but as his captain. And he was led by the Spirit of God. I remember one night at church, um, one of my pastors was pastor one of my pastors, One of my pastors was going home, and uh, he drove out of the church on a Sunday night after service, like he did, and he went down the street, and he noticed a, a vehicle on the other side of the road, and it just stopped, didn't look anything strange about it. And he just felt the Spirit of God say to him, "Go back and check that, that vehicle out." And it took him a minute tell he was tired, he's been to church all day. And he said, oh, not right now. And he went another 100 yards and he felt God say, so no, turn around and go back and check that car out. So he said, all right, Lord. So he went around, came back, pulled up behind it. And as he got out of the vehicle, he noticed that there was a, a plastic tube from the exhaust pipe into the window of the car with the engine on. And the man inside was committing suicide by breathing in his exhaust fumes. He was able to smash the window, save that man's life. And the reason that man's life is alive is because he heard what the Spirit of God said and he had flexibility enough to move when God spoke to him. Don't, don't get inflexible in your spiritual age. Don't, don't, don't say, God, we don't do it like that. we used to, I, it saddens me when I see the radicals of the 80s, now the stalwarts and the walls of the 90s, 2000s and 2020s. No, no, no. Let's keep flexible in our spirit. God's got a plan. He is a move. We are a move. I am a move. doesn't matter how old you are. We are on a move here today. <clears throat> the last thing I want to share with you this morning I think is significant. and not. I feel a little strange bringing it up because you're such a generous church as it is. And, but I, I just know this. And we, we can see giving at so many different levels. But can I tell you that planting seed is for right positioning as well. It's a spiritual weapon against darkness. It helps place you in the right spot. Generosity always positions you for blessing and influence. It positions you. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, I think says it best. It says, don't give up. Keep doing good. Keep giving. And that will position you for a due season. It seems to me that everything in the Bible is about positioning. Getting you in the place where God can move in your heart or through you or in you. It's positioning. You know, if you're, if you're gen- see, my future's not dependent on your generosity. My future's dependent on my generosity. Because it positions me. I, I don't want to ever wake up one day without not having a juice season coming back my way. I want to make sure that there are juice seasons coming. So I, I, I live for generosity. I believe in it. You know, I remember this um, time at church. Um, I was greeting some of the people as they were coming in the door. And it was a boy, he must have been four or five. And he uh, I bent down and said, How you doing, buddy? And he said, Oh, Pastor Mark, so excited. He said, What? He said, oh, my tooth come out. He's got his tooth in his hand. And he said, The tooth fairy is gonna give me two dollars. Do you all have tooth fairies in Florida? <laughs> oh, well, some of you are going, Oh, you're the tooth fairy? Yeah. Well, that's my story. And and so I, I'm thinking, as he's excited, I'm thinking, I will never be outdone by a tooth fairy. That's never going to happen in my church. So i tell you what, I said, I'll give you $20 for that tooth. He looked up at me with the biggest smile. He handed that tooth over. I gave him $20. He became my disciple right there and then. He dragged his parents to church. The house is where the blessing is. We need to get there. That's where the blessing is. So that, man, he went home that afternoon. Listen to this. You know, you know, listen to this. He went, that afternoon, he renamed his teddy bear to Pastor Mark. What greater honor is there on the planet than to have a teddy bear named after you? $20. Well, the truth is, cost costs a lot more than $20, because the word got out. <laughs> I, I think it ended up costing me about $400, and I still have a jar of teeth in my office. <laughs> again, you're planting seed into a new generation. It always positions you. Generosity just doesn't get you something back it positions you and that's so important because it's not about chasing things it's about it's about God bringing things to you seek ye first the kingdom of God and then these things shall be added or attracted to you it's not about chasing money get good at what you do and money is attracted to you I tell the young men in my church it's not about chasing the girls it's about attracting them Somebody should be listening to this young man, young man, somewhere. Have a shower. Have a shower. They smell you before they see you. Attract, don't chase, attract them. In the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 4, says the story, an account of ten virgins. I have no idea the virgin part of it. (laughs) It still amuses me there were ten virgins. I don't know what city that was in, but there was ten, and all (laughs) I could find was started. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, Anyway, I'll leave it alone. Anyway, there's. um, It wasn't Key West. I'll leave it alone. Let it go. All right. Anyway. The Bible says there were five wise and five foolish. Now, what happens? These ten were waiting for the bridegroom to come back. All right? They're waiting for the bridegroom. This celebration is going to happen. And the Bible says five were wise and five were foolish. And, And, again, it's all about positioning because it says the five that were wise had invested in the oil you know they 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 they'd invested in the, the anointing in the kingdom of God. They'd invested in those things, so their lamp was shining bright. But the five were foolish. They had not invested. They're not been generous, and they are out doing last minute good deeds, trying to get their lamps filled with oil. And the Bible says they missed out because they were out of position. So your generosity positions you to receive what God has. Malachi chapter three verse ten. Bring your ties into the storehouse and it positions you under an open heaven. Simple. It's all about positioning. Our position in the Spirit is everything. Everything. Break, blessing, influence, breakthrough is all about our position in the Spirit. So today my whole job, my whole thought pattern, my whole purpose is to get you just to move a little bit. Just re- realign your position with the kingdom of God and with the Holy Spirit that He can, he can release what He has for you today because He has something for you today. And His call is when you get open into the spirit of flexibility, encourage to seize your moments, expectation, the magnet of it, that God to move, to hear and be led by the Holy Spirit, to be generous, keep sowing, planting, doing good. We have a generation that needs Jesus. Let's position ourselves for God to do great things in us and great things through us, that we may see his kingdom come from heaven to earth so more of earth can end up in heaven. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.